many ways to get in front of ideal clients. The most important thing is that you start getting in front of people and that you do it consistently. It's, it's not just about sending one email or one LinkedIn message and going, oh yeah, I got a response or I didn't get a response. You want to think instead of a kind of getting up to the plate uh, and you know just trying to hit a home run right away, think more about a campaign of you know hitting singles, doubles, and just consistently doing that. And that's why the follow-up is so important. Are you a consulting business owner seeking a better way to scale to your next million in revenue? Accelerate Sales Podcast features other experts who have cracked the code to predictable revenues with proven sales systems that quickly increase revenue and get you on the fast track back to doing what you do best. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales podcast. If you're a first-time listener and you love what you hear, please subscribe. And if you're a regular, always love a review. And a review on iTunes would be great. It'd mean the world to me. Please take notes by all means, and there's lots of notes to take today, but there is a transcription at the end. And we'll also have all the links in the show notes as well. So what are you going to learn today? You're going to learn about value pricing. You're going to learn about how to decide which way to share content and exactly to who. Some really great points on that. And then the last one is around the power of pre-sales. So our guest has spent 13 years helping 600 plus consultants in 75 industries around the world. He's got a great podcast. He really knows how to scale consulting businesses and it's a listen well worth it. And there's also some value at the end where he's going to give you access to a blueprint. So now I'll hand you over to Michael Zapersky from Consulting Success. Welcome, Michael Zapersky from Consulting Success to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. Great to have you here, Michael. Yeah, great to be with you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Well, I've got to get it out on the table straight away that I am a very much an addictive personality and when I find a podcast I love I basically listen to every episode so I think I've nearly listened to every episode of your podcast we'll talk more about it the links will be in it the consulting podcast uh, sorry the consulting success podcast and and I love it I feel like I know you but let's get my audience to get to know you a little bit more today so why don't we start off with uh, who are the clients you love to to work with yeah, we work with entrepreneurial consultants that want to build uh, profitable, scalable, and strategic consulting businesses. Excellent. And look, I know you know I work with consultants as well, and sometimes it's a bit like the word strategy. It means many different things to different people. So what's your definition of consultants? Who, who are the people that you really like to help? Yeah, definitely. Over the last 13 years, uh, we've worked exclusively with consultants and people who provide their expertise, their advice, their recommendations to organizations. So that means uh, they might be working with a multi-billion dollar organization. It might be a small nonprofit, uh, an innovative startup, a government organization, but our clients are always uh, working with organizations. So our focus is not life coaches, massage therapists. Um, this is not the area that we play in. But if you have expertise and you're great at providing results and value to, to your clients, and you just want to get help on the business side of consulting, uh, that's really where we support our clients in a strategic way so they can uh, grow their businesses. And give us a sense around the size of the consulting business, you know, how many team members do they, they have? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a great question. It, it really ranges. Uh, we have some clients that are solo independent consultants. 
We have others who have teams of five, 10, you know, even up to 50. Um, and revenues range everything from just getting started, transitioning from the corporate world into becoming a consultant to those that are generating a million, five million, you know, 10 million um, and beyond. But our, our core would be several hundred thousand in revenue all the way up to, you know, several million dollars per year. Great. And, uh, you know, if we look at that sort of million plus mark for those particular consultants, what are some of the biggest problems that you help them solve? Yeah, I mean, in those cases, it's very often they've gotten to where they are because they just do great work. And so they have referrals, their network, um, they have things that are working, but in many cases, they haven't been very strategic about their marketing. They don't have good systems in place. They don't have the right processes. Um, and so there's no real clear function to generate leads and opportunities consistently. So that's one big area where, where we'll really help them to become much more intentional and strategic on how to leverage their strengths and how to look at maybe what areas they're weak in and, and how they can build better systems or a better team around that to better communicate their authority, their expertise, uh, and to really have a way that they can consistently build their pipeline. So that would be kind of the first area. The other area then is really about their offerings. Um, there's almost always room to optimize your pricing strategy or to optimize your uh, you know, the packaging and positioning of your services or products. Uh, and so we're looking for ways to create more leverage. How can you get more out of what you already have? How can you take the assets, intellectual property, your expertise and experience, and how can you package that and kind of place value on it uh, and price it in a way that allows you to earn significantly more without having to do more work? Yeah, and I just listened to uh, uh, your recent podcast. I can't remember the, the guest name, but he spoke about the fact that he moved to more of an ROI model and that had a significant upside in his business. So if you could just maybe just recount a little bit about that, and I'll put in the link the actual episode, but just give sure. what experience you've had with people moving from a, you know, a, a, a um, I suppose a cost plus uh, model or a competitive based model to a, a value add model. Yeah, it's a really great question, Paul. And uh, this is probably one of the greatest areas of of low hanging fruit. It's you know just a massive opportunity for most consultants. It's a way to increase your pay, right? Just increase your salary per se, uh, very very quickly. And so we've seen tremendous gains with many of our clients where if you're going in and let's say you're typically using an hourly fee or a, or a day rate, um, not only do you start to encounter issues around your, your capacity and a bit of an income ceiling, if you want to be able to break beyond that uh, and reach new levels, then you really want to start to communicate. Well, first of all, identify uh, the value and the potential return on investment for your client, but then be able to, to collaborate with them and communicate uh, what that value is. Uh, and that changes the whole dynamic from the positioning of you as a uh, consultant to being a commodity, being kind of one of many who just has another day rate, has an hourly fee, to all of a sudden the conversation is much more strategic and it's much more meaningful for the buyer where they actually are excited to engage with you because they see that there's a clear return on investment opportunity. They see that there's real value. And so you move from being uh, an expense or a cost to that buyer to actually being uh, a partner, an advisor, where they're seeing that they can um, earn a significantly greater return on that investment. And that allows you to, to, to charge more because now you're connecting to the value that you are creating. And that return on investment uh, is, is such a powerful area that many people don't really lean into. But once you start to talk that way and think that way and interact with buyers in that way, 
Um, not only will that kind of seep into your content, into your marketing, but also into your conversations. And that shift of dynamic allows people to, in many cases, we've seen clients uh, double, triple, even 7x their fees without having to do more work. It's just simply by shifting that conversation to be much more around value and return on investment. Yeah, well, hopefully they're doing less work, uh, less work, and they're effectively our rate goes up. And look, I agree with everything you said. In your experience, who do you think it's harder to convince, the owner of the business or their clients? Uh, well, so you mean when you say the owner of the business, you mean like the consultant or the consulting firm owner? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, in my experience, it's always the consulting firm <laughs> owner, right? Because you have your own beliefs and biases and just typically the way that you've done things to this point. So I remember, Paul, I was sitting down with a client uh, once she had flown into Vancouver. We met at the Pan Pacific Hotel, which is right on the, the ocean. We were having breakfast and she was sharing with me uh, her a proposal that she was planning to put in front of a client in the coming you know days. And we talked about it and I said, why are you, why are you structuring your pay this way? She was essentially using a bit of a kind of blended hourly rate and uh, she just had this bias and belief that that was the way that things needed to be. I said, no, you got to increase your fees. Like you're charging way too little. Look at what you look at the impact it's going to have on the client. Uh, and she said, okay, you're right. Like I'm going to do it. That's all it took. Like yeah. there was no change in what she was delivering, no change in how much time it would take her. Uh, but just she all of a sudden had that confidence because she she saw like the spark went off. The connection became clear to her that there was a real impact on the business, on her client's business. And she wanted to participate in that value that was going to be created. And she right away earned that. And that allowed her to you know, generate significantly more revenue from that same client with the same amount of work that she would have done before, uh, as you said, effectively, right? Increasing her hourly fee, even though she's not using hourly fees anymore. But that, that's, you first need to convince yourself and, and take, kind of take that leap of faith. Once you do it, you'll never go back. Uh, and clients will almost always be open to it. There are some industries where it can be a little bit more challenging to, to make that switch because some industries uh, have always worked with uh, external kind of you know consultants or contractors on an hourly fee, daily rate type of basis. And so you sometimes have to have that conversation of why your approach is different, why you don't charge by the hour. But if you have the right conversation, you know how to approach it strategically and collaboratively, most uh, buyers and clients are very open to it because they see that the value for them is significantly greater by taking that leap or, or moving forward and not staying where they are. Yeah, look, couldn't agree more. And, and the other problem that you spoke about at the start is, you know, they've relied on referrals, which I see a lot, and their business has done well, and they've done most of the sales, right? So they're nearly exhausted by the fact that oh, I've got to a million, how am I going to get to two or even to 10? You know, I just don't have enough capacity. So what are some of the most immediate things you see working at the moment to switch from a referral-only based leads and sales system into something that is more scalable? Yeah, I mean, the first is just actually intentionally marketing. And the way that I think about marketing often is, is not how, you know, a lot, many people, when you think marketing, it feels a little bit uncomfortable. It feels like you need to sell, you need to persuade, and you need to do all the stuff that many consultants and consulting firm owners aren't that used to or comfortable doing. But the way I view marketing is really just about providing value and building relationships, right? If, if you have expertise and you can help to solve somebody's problem, then you probably want to help people. That's why you're in the world of consulting, because you want to make an impact. And so marketing is just all about getting on the radar of your ideal clients so they know you exist. And uh, in, in doing so, you provide value and you help to build that relationship so that when and if they need what you have to offer, you're the first person they think about. Uh, so the first step that you know 
every consultant should be looking at is their existing network, their past clients, current clients, uh, and then who can they get introductions, referrals? You know, most consultants, if they have already built their business to a certain level, there's going to be a lot of opportunity inside of their existing database. They don't need to go off and try and you know, reach new people. In many cases, they already have a captive audience. They're not doing very much with. Uh, we've had many clients who might maybe send out a newsletter, uh, but that newsletter has never been optimized with a call to action. And so you just look at that's an asset. You have this database, you have this relationship with somebody, but you're not really communicating with them very effectively. So making one change, we've had clients where in several uh, cases, we had one in Australia, one in the US, who they were sending out newsletters, but never generating leads or inquiries. We looked at how to restructure that, put in a, a much more intentional call to action. And now every time they send that out, you know, they get five to seven inquiries coming right back in. And so that now has become a very constant way for them to, and consistent way for them to build their pipeline. So that would be the first thing. The second is actually looking at the majority of the opportunity in the marketplace, which is the ideal clients that you don't yet have a connection with. And, you know, starting to, first of all, identify who really is your ideal client, because even if you're at the 1 million or 5 million level, you, you may have multiple different kind of personas or profiles of who an ideal client could be, but you want to hone in on who is the most likely, the highest priority one that you truly feel has the, the biggest problem that you can help to solve uh, and getting clear on that person then making sure you have messaging that will get their attention and interest and, and resonate with them. So they want to have a conversation with you uh, and then figure out how you can get in front of that person, which could be LinkedIn. It could be emails, depending where you are in the world, there might be restrictions around what you can and can't do, but even direct mail. I mean, there's many ways to get in front of ideal clients. The most important thing is that you start getting in front of people and that you do it consistently. It's, it's not just about sending one email or one LinkedIn message and going, oh yeah, I got a response or I didn't get a response. You want to think instead of a kind of getting up to the plate uh, and you know just trying to hit a home run right away, think more about a campaign of you know hitting singles, doubles, and just consistently doing that. And that's why the follow-up is so important. And what I've seen very often, Paul, is that most consultants and firms uh, aren't doing market, their marketing very intentionally. Uh, but then the second part of it is that they're not doing any follow-up or they're doing very little follow-up. So they'll do one activity, one action, like they'll do one webinar or one email, or one direct mail piece, but there's no st real strategy. There's no real system or process so that it can run for them consistently. And the vast majority of business opportunities doesn't come on the first attempt. It's what you do after that. So that's why that real marketing plan is so critical. Yeah, and, and what are some of the reasons that people aren't consistent at it? Uh, I mean, I think one is, um, well, one is definitely time, right? It's it's very easy uh, as a, for a business owner to get, just be fully consumed with your existing clients and projects. And so you're fo so focused on deliverables uh, that you don't feel that you have the time to do marketing. Uh, what I've seen many people also encounter is they're so busy being successful, but they're not thinking about the future. And then all of a sudden you have a couple of clients or, or potential opportunities that you were expecting that don't actually come through. And now you look at your pipeline, you go, it's, it's not as healthy as I thought it was. And you have to scramble to try and make those phone calls or re-engage. Whereas if you just actually had a good plan in place and you were running that strategically and, and consistently, you would always have a really robust pipeline of opportunities to grow your business. Uh, so I think, yeah, part of it is time, part of it is knowledge, right? People are overwhelmed with options. Today, we have more options in every aspect of our life than we've ever had before. And it's the same for buyers of consulting and advisory services. They have plenty of options. Um, and so in order for you to cut through all that noise, 
right? Um, you know, you, you really want to get clear on what is the strategy. And if you have too many options, it's easy for you as a consulting business owner to be overwhelmed and not even to know where to begin. And so that lends itself to people kind of dabbling in some things or thinking about some things, but not executing on them. And so if you can get very clear on what the best strategy is going to be for you and for your specific firm, uh, and then actually work on it consistently, you'll find that, you know, you're able to start seeing uh, kind of fruits of your labors uh, relatively quickly. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important to have like, someone like yourself uh, go and actually see, you know, the old saying, it's hard to see the label from inside the jar. Right. I think, yeah, that strategy and everything that you do for clients comes naturally, but when it comes to you and your own business, it's not as natural. You've got the ability to think that way. You just need someone to shift that that paradigm. So I think that's where it's really important. And I think, you know, that time factor is the team as well. You know, I know that on your last podcast, I might have been two ago, you spoke about you know, the power of virtual assistance and getting people to support you. And I think that's so powerful. A lot of people say, I don't have time. I'm like, yeah, but you can buy time, right? You can totally. buy time and you can buy time at very affordable rates to get people to do, to do that. And uh, what about social media? How does social media play in the current lens of uh, gaining clients? Yeah, you know, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with social media in that uh, I personally don't spend a, a ton of time on social media, yet I'm quite visible. And that's because we, I've put systems and processes and team in place because I think it is important to be visible in social media. But at the same time, it's not somewhere that you need to spend a lot of time if, if you yourself don't enjoy it, uh, as well as depending on you know where your ideal clients are. So if your ideal clients aren't active on social media, that's not where you should be prioritizing to put your time. Um, you know, I think this is one of these dangers that a lot of consultants find themselves in. They look at what somebody else is doing. They go, oh, they're doing it. Everyone's talking about social media or Instagram, or you might remember Paul when Clubhouse first came out, everyone's like, oh, you need to have Clubhouse. I was like, I don't need to have Clubhouse. I'm not, I, I'm not interested in that right now, maybe down the road, but I'm busy enough doing other things. I'm not just going to jump on a trend. I mean, Clubhouse is still here, but it's not, you don't hear people talking about it as much as you used to because these things come and go. Uh, I think what's most important is that you are focused on what is the most direct path to having a conversation with your ideal client. And that means that you need to know where do your ideal clients hang out. That might be in professional um, you know, organizations, uh, industry associations. It might be at conferences. It might be on LinkedIn or, or, or certain you know, forms of social media, but every business is different. And so you want to figure out, number one, where do your ideal clients congregate? Where do they go to get information? And number two, what are your strengths? Because if you really dislike, for example, you know, going on social media, then uh, you need to figure out, is that the most you know, important path for you to take? Or is there another way for you to get in front of your ideal clients that you might enjoy more? So I think it's that balance between you know, where are people and where do you want to be and figuring out what is the right strategy? Because just because one thing works for somebody doesn't mean it's the right thing for you. I think it's an individual kind of case and you want to look at that and, and you know, look at your model and figure out what, what is the right path for you. Yeah, look, I totally agree. You know, we've doubled down on LinkedIn because we know most of our clients are therefore on LinkedIn, so it makes sense, but have very little presence to the point where I actually say on my other social platforms, if you really want great content, please come across to uh, to LinkedIn to see the, the best. And, you know, we get uh, you know, thousands of, of views per post, but it's all on that one. And also I think Clubhouse... I had this debate with um, someone the other day where I think Clubhouse, if you're an influencer and you actually want to share audiences with people, I think Clubhouse is a great place to be. 
But if you're not already an influencer, I think it's very hard to, to cut through. So I totally agree picking the right ones. And, you know, you've dealt with over 600 consultants. You've given us a good understanding of the problem and, you know, ways to solve them. But what about for you? What's the best source of leads for your business? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's, it's always been our content. Uh, so, you know, 13 years of publishing articles, videos, uh, podcasts, books, you know, things of that nature. We, we've always focused on just providing as much value as we can to the marketplace. In fact, when we started Consulting Success, we didn't have a monetization plan. I, you know, I was busy running uh, my own consulting firm. Uh, my cousin and business partner, Sam, uh, you know, was also working in his own job. So we were we started off on the side uh, just as a way to share and, and hopefully help people avoid some of the mis- mistakes that we've made um, and kind of benefit from those best practices. Uh, and that has turned to more and more people saying, hey, like this is great free content. Do you guys have a program? Well, no, we don't. So we created one. Oh, we'd love to work with you more you know, closely. Do you have a coaching program? No, we don't, but we can build one. So we just, are, we evolve our business over time. Uh, but for us, just to answer your question, Paul, it's really been content uh, in all of its forms has been our number one driver and continues to be. So we do do some targeted advertising and things to kind of amplify some of what we have, but, uh, but content has always been um, our, our kind of number one source. And I know you've got you know, your five books, which you can go onto the website and, and see all of those. And I've got to compliment you on your website. It, uh, it, it looks fantastic. And then you've got the podcast. If you're giving advice to someone at the moment to say, you know, creating content, and I know it's a hard choice. It's a bit like picking between your children. But in your view at the moment, podcast versus book, which way do you lean? Yeah, so I can I'm not a fan of like the best one way to do something. So this kind of question to me feels like a trick question. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I think I need to explain. Uh, f- there's going to be some people listening to this, watching this, who uh, the idea of interviewing, of having a conversation like this would be terrifying. And they're just not going to enjoy that process. And so for that person, I, I would not recommend doing a podcast. Even if it works really well for your business, if you absolutely hate it and you're dreading it and it's causing stress, that's not going to be good for your, your, you know, your mindset. Um, uh, it's not going to be good for, for your health. Uh, so I think, you know, look at it, where, where are your strengths? If you're a great writer and you love writing books and you know that your ideal clients will read books, go down that path. Um, that being said, podcasts are extremely powerful, you know, uh, it, as a way to, to share ideas and best practices uh, and intellectual property podcasts are, are, are extremely effective, but they're also really powerful for you to interview your ideal clients. Right to invite your ideal clients to be on your podcast is a strategy that that many consultants can use and and do use. Uh, and so my preference in terms of where you might see a, a faster result would be a podcast. But if someone's going to know the idea of getting on a podcast just freaks me out. And I'd say lean into your strengths. Like, do you enjoy speaking? Do you do enjoy videos? Do you like uh, creating infographics? Like, where can you excel? And as long as there's a match between your strength and what your ideal clients would consume or be interested in. That's where I would start. Yeah, great answer. And I know for me, I wrote a book and actually wrote most of it on a dialysis machine uh, pre-transplant. And I can tell you it was incredibly painful, both the experience of dialysis but also the writing of the book. And, you know, I've got now, uh, you know, each day I think, am I going to do another book? Because, you know, I've moved from what I was, the branding to to now accelerate sales, and uh, it terrifies me. But we're doing this, like you said, I love, you know, anytime I get the chance to talk to, you know, incredible people like you from around the world, from my little home here in Melbourne, Australia, is uh, is fantastic. And I think the repurposing 
ability of a podcast is enormous as well. But, yeah, I love what you said, you know, make sure that you love it, you know, because ultimately people are buying you and it doesn't matter even if you're a 50-person consulting business, you're still the leader of that business and, you know, they're buying you so you've got to be at your most comfortable. So, you know, we've talked about leads and generating those leads. Any tips you've got on the best way that you've found to convert leads into actual sales? Uh, I mean, this this could be a a, a big topic. <laughs> <laughs> could be another um, podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, so I, the, the way that we always look at this is, you know, let's say you have an inquirer, you have a, a quote unquote lead that comes in. Um, of course, there's the conversation that you're going to have with that buyer uh, and how you approach that conversation. That that's a whole, you know, we could have a whole masterclass conversation just around how to navigate that quote unquote sales conversation or enrollment conversation or kind of mutual fit conversation, as, as you might call it. But the other part that I think a lot of people don't spend enough time on is what do you do before that call? So the whole, the whole pre-sales event, and that's a massive opportunity to demonstrate authority, credibility, build trust. Uh, and if done correctly with the right strategy in place, what actually happens is when you jump on a call or meet face-to-face, you don't have to spend time selling. You just get to have a really you know, deep, meaningful conversation to explore, is there a fit here? You don't have to try and persuade or you know, put the spotlight on, on all of your accomplishments because you've done that in the pre-sales. And that makes the actual conversation with that buyer, that first conversation, significantly um, more effective, but also it typically accelerates your, your sales cycle because you don't have to spend as much time in multiple conversations because you've done a lot of the heavy lifting and work in advance. So that would be uh, an area that I would point out that I think people could uh, could spend some time on improving right. if, they, if they're not doing that right now. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. And we use a platform called Book Like a Boss, and that gives you the ability to have questions, but also add video, et cetera. But for you, just a couple of tactical tips on that pre-sales. What what are you seeing that's working well at the moment? Yeah, uh, so let, let's say you know somebody books into your calendar. The, the, one of the first things that you could could and should do would be to send some additional information to that person that would be credibility-boosting information. Um, that might be articles, case studies, testimonial videos, uh, but anything that really helps to solidify in that prospect's mind that you are are good at what you do. Um, and again, you know, there's many different ways to demonstrate value, but one of the best ways to demonstrate value is through content, uh, because you know, if they someone reads something and they go, "Wow, you really understand my situation." or they read a case study and they see themselves in that case study, or they watch a testimonial video and they see themselves in that testimonial video, it's again, that it's increasing that trust and that credibility in their mind. And so when they then come to speak to you, it's not a question of like, can you help me? The question that's in their mind is, right? Like, what would it be like to work with, with you? Like, what's, what are the details of our, of our work together? Um, and so that's what I would recommend that people do is look at what are you doing between the time that a meeting is set and the actual initial conversation. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And then the next gap, obviously, is between the first call and the second as well. You can continue that that journey. So I uh, completely agree. The last question in this section, before I go to the rapid fire, is, you know, who supports you in helping you build your sales and, and you know, might be sales and marketing, but in particular sales? Uh, well, I mean, so I break this into two. Uh, one is we, we've always worked with our own coaches and mentors over the years. My background is background. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say background. Really, my when I was young, I did the sports, right? So growing up, I played many different types of sports very competitively. Uh, I've, I've always valued uh, having a coach, having a mentor, having someone to learn from. And I think if you look around at 
the most successful people in the world, whether they are artists, they're creatives, they're business people, they have their own coaches, their own mentors, their own kind of people to support them. So for me, that's number one, a very important uh, kind of area. And the second is a team. So, you know, we've been consistently building our team uh, throughout, I mean, last several years, but especially more recently adding on key team members. Um, and that's, you know, partly to be able to make a greater impact so that we can serve more people, but it's also to, uh, to help in, in different areas. So, you know, your question was more kind of around the sales area, but we've, we've got different, different people on our team that help with different aspects of content or design, uh, or, or sales. And so we're trying to be very strategic about getting the right people into the right seats who can really excel, um, and, and help with those specific areas. Yeah, so I really get the importance of the team. What about a quick tip on recruitment? Like, is there one thing, and I know, you know, like you said before, it's not always one option for everybody, right? But what's in particular in your situations working well for you for sourcing really great team members? Uh, well, the first would be looking at your own community. So we found many of our, our coaches uh, that that also work with clients or people on our team, they, they come from within our own community. They're they read our our newsletter um, that we send out weekly. They maybe they're podcast subscribers, uh, so they're already familiar with the consulting success brand, uh, and they're they're interested in it, right? They want to be part of it. Uh, so for that, that's probably been one of our our top ways of of recruiting. And then beyond that, you know, there's other ways to create a very compelling job description uh, and qualify people that we could get more into if if you want. But if I had to only offer one thing, Paul, it would be to, to look you know, inside of your existing community. Great, great. Well, before we go into the rapid fire questions, I'd just like to ask you listening or watching this at the moment, do you think you've got the right sales system to get to your next million in revenue? And if you've paused and you're thinking, maybe I haven't, what I want to do is help you. So if you go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash Pulse, there's nine questions, and those questions are specifically there to see if you've got everything in place to get to that next million. And at the end of it, you'll get a score based on your answers, and you'll also get the opportunity for you and I to go through a plan, not a sales call, but a plan to actually help you bridge that gap so you can get to the next million in revenue. So that's paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash so now we've got the rapid fire questions, Michael. So are you ready? Let's do it. All right, excellent. And remember, it's a sip of beer, not a glass of beer, as a Aussie would say. So the first one is uh, there water we go. This ball, I only got water with me right now. That's fine. That's fine. I know it's uh, it's uh, well, it is late in your afternoon, but anyway, uh, the first one is uh, what are some daily sales habits that help you be successful? Always prioritizing. So, so looking at um, you know where where can we have the biggest impact, and and focusing and starting our day uh, with with that. So, if it's a high priority you know client opportunity, we'll start our day with uh, with reach out to those people. Brian, and what's a piece of technology that helps you accelerate sales? Uh, Boomerang is a, a great tool. Uh, when you send an email, you can set it up to notify you if you do not receive a response within a given given time period. Uh, oftentimes things fall through the cracks. This would allow you to, to consistently follow up with uh, with people and, and not miss a beat. Well, I know that you've got the Consoling Success podcast. We'll put the links into the show. And like I said, I'm a big fan of it. But what about for you? What are some of the resources or ways that you find out more about sales? Uh, so I'm a, a voracious listener of podcasts myself. Uh, I go for a run every morning and 
I'm always listening to different podcasts. Uh, some are business related, some are investing related, some are uh, you know marketing or sales related, entrepreneurship related. But for me, that's a big one. And then, as you may or may not be able to see behind me in, in the bookshelf, I also do enjoy reading. Um, so those are my two go- kind of go tos. Brilliant. And uh, how do you give back? Uh, I'm a big supporter, uh, or I don't know, big supporter, but I, I support uh, a couple of different children's organizations locally uh, to work with kind of um, you know ch- kids that are in tougher situations that don't have access to to food or uh, things that help them to realize their potential. So both myself and my wife um, are, are supporters of, of a couple of those causes. Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, the last one is, you know, you've given lots of wisdom, but if you could just think of one key takeaway that we could get from this to 10x our sales, what would that be? Be consistent with uh, your focus on having conversations with your ideal clients in the most direct manner possible. Uh, you don't need to complicate things. You don't need a million different moving parts or pieces. Just get very clear about who your ideal client is and make sure that you have a system in place to reach out to those people consistently because the more conversations you have, the more business you'll typically generate. Brilliant. Well, look, uh, I really love listening to you today as well as interviewing you, Michael, but I've learned a lot as well. And I'm sure for you that are listening or watching it, you've done the same thing. There'll be a full transcription and also uh, all the links in the show notes. But remember the podcast, so it's the consultingsuccesspodcast.com. Highly recommend that. And also Michael's been kind to give us a blueprint. So if you go to consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint, and it's a summary of his best content there for you to take on board straight away. So, Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure and thanks for being on the podcast today. Paul, great to be with you. Thanks so much. And just if I could add one thing, you mentioned the podcast. Uh, it's consultingsuccess.com. And then from there, you can get the podcast. It's not, I think you mentioned the podcast in the URL. So it's not that, it's just consultingsuccess.com. And then from there, you can find all the resources and podcasts. But, Paul, thank you so much. Um, it's just brilliant what, what you're doing uh, and your focus on making an impact and helping people Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation today. So uh, thank you. Great. Thanks, Michael. Bye. I really love that interview with Michael and he shared so much wisdom. I love the fact that he talked about value pricing, which and the mindset that it's actually you that's the harder person to convince, not the actual end client. So please take action upon that. If you have learned something, please share it with Michael. Share it on your socials. Also share it with me. That would be fantastic. Also, there's the transcription and all the links, as I said, in the show notes. And why not tell one, maybe 10, or why not 100 of your friends if you've got that many about this? You know, don't hold these sales secrets to yourself. Be the sales hero and share it with your friends. They will love you for it. And also it helps people to get more sales. So that's great. Also, if you want your next million in revenue, just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse and take that quick test there. Please uh, listen to the solo show. Uh, There's lots of value there. And the last thing is please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. 
Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.